Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, just going solo here for an emergency podcast. I think Browns fans all know what's coming here. The Browns have officially traded for Deshaun Watson in what I think can only be described as a shocking turn of events based on the reporting that we had heard the Browns were out of the running for Watson earlier this week. Uh, then all of a sudden, Adam Schefter tweeted out that uh, the essentially the, the Browns had been informed that they were, in fact, uh, you know, getting Deshaun Watson, that he was going to waive their no trade clause for him. And, uh, you know, the fact that essentially they had, they had kept recruiting him uh, and ultimately ultimately managed uh, to have him change his mind uh, and do that. So I want to separate this podcast into, into two things here. Uh, first, strictly, we're going to talk about the on-field aspects of this trade, uh, the things that directly apply to football. And then we'll talk about the emotional side of things. Uh, that I'm sure many of you are dealing with right now and uh, that I am dealing with as a fan of this team right now. So let's start with the football aspect first. Uh, It it sounds like to me, this is total speculation, that the Browns were able to convince Watson uh, because of the contract that they gave him. Uh, The contract that they gave him is insane uh, because it's all guaranteed. Five years of guaranteed money for Watson. I think it's something like a hundred million more dollars than what Josh Allen has been guaranteed uh, for the bills to put it in perspective. That's kind of the most recent mega contract uh, that, that I was trying to compare it to. Uh, you know, it's $184 million over the first four years, which is basically a, a $12 million a year raise, uh, you know, plus again, all, all kind of guaranteed. So Ultimately, I don't think the guarantees are going to make a huge difference because he, you know, he's going to get that money one way or the other. And I would be shocked, given that the Browns have made this commitment at this point, that he's not on the team at, at you know uh, in five years' time, uh, given his age and again, given the the risk that this was. I thought another interesting note that was tweeted out was that his base salary is one million dollars for this upcoming season. So when he is suspended, not if. Uh, when he is suspended, uh, that sus- that money will come out of the one million dollar base salary that Watson is owed this year. So clearly saving him some money as well. Uh, you know, I think I'm, I'm sure the the Browns' acquisition of Amari Cooper and, and the rest of the plan they showed him also had some influence on Watson. We don't know exactly what those details are, other than kind of the vague reporting that you get out of you know from from agents and and the team themselves about you know we pitched him. Uh, a great, you know, philosophy and how we're going to make him better and, you know, rehab his image and all those kind of things. As far as the actual trade, uh, I, I thought this was uh, pretty tremendous on the, on the Browns front as from a pure value perspective. Uh, you know, you're looking at giving up three first round picks. That's essentially what it took to get, you know, Trey Lance. I, I know, you know, some stuff went back in that deal there for the 49ers, but to get a, you know, a franchise quarterback like Watson at his age under contract, three first round picks, it, you know, is I think a, a fair, if not steal price uh, from the Browns perspective, because, and I know there are five total picks, a third rounder and a fifth rounder, not too worried about those. But the big thing there is that the Browns didn't give up any players. We all know that, you know, if a trade like this, you know, were to happen, the, the guys rumored in that Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Kareem Hunt, all guys that could help the Browns this season. 
uh, in, in their pursuit of a Super Bowl the next couple seasons. The Browns did not part with a single one of those. Uh, and I think, frankly, as you look at the draft picks, they're parting with, yes, the 13th pick this year. Yes, Watson will be suspended next year in all likelihood for several games, so maybe it won't be that amazing or maybe it won't be that bad of a first round pick but i would say the one in three years time you would expect for sure to be a late first round pick if not two of those uh so you know value wise as i said i think that makes a ton of sense for the browns and was a pretty uh pretty compelling uh deal if you're trying to look at it from a browns competitiveness standpoint that that i think was well done by uh andrew barry in this front office so now the Browns have Deshaun Watson. Um, I expect them to be extremely good on the field whenever he plays. Deshaun Watson is not a perfect quarterback by any means. He has some turnover tendencies. Uh, I don't think he has the strongest arm in the league by any means, but his mobility in this Kevin Stefanski offense, I mean, just think about the play actions, the bootlegs with a guy of hit with his legs rather than, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield from an athleticism standpoint, uh, you know, he's going to be able to make up for a lot of, of issues that come up blitzes, you know, if a lineman gets beat, all that kind of stuff, he is going to be able to take care of that uh, in, in a pretty meaningful way. So on the field, it's an upgrade over Baker Mayfield. There's no doubt. I think this vaults the Browns into Super Bowl contention uh, pretty clearly if they weren't already there, the roster around him is uh, worthy of that. I also think that, you know, with the number 44 pick, they'll still be able to add a receiver in an extremely deep receiver class or a defensive end. There are other moves still to be made in this offseason, but I fully expect this Browns roster to be capable of winning a Super Bowl. And I think they now have, you know, a top tier level quarterback that is capable of doing that in what is now a loaded AFC. I mean, there's just a, Peter and I talked about it on the podcast yesterday. The you know, once in a blue moon with the Baker Mayfield, you can compete to win a Super Bowl. It's tough to do that consistently for a two to three year span because you're counting on everything going right for you. You need the guys to be healthy around him. You need him to play at his ceiling, all that kind of stuff. Deshaun Watson is not that. He is a better quarterback. Uh, again, he is not, I would say, a, you know, I, I probably wouldn't even put him in the top five. I think he's more kind of like top eight in the league uh, at, at this point, but He's in a, a different class uh, from Baker at Mayfield in that respect. And again, if it was just about the pure talent on the field, you know, maybe this isn't a deal the Browns, uh, you know, make. But I think ultimately, you know, as funny as it is to say, because of, of Watson's off the field issues, I think they felt like their time with Baker Mayfield had come to an end and it was time for a change there because of, you know, his standing in the locker room. You know, however, you and I feel about Deshaun Watson as a player. I think the Browns front office uh, had certain feelings toward Baker. And I think they know the locker room did too, that, that were untenable. Uh, and that may change with Deshaun Watson. I think certainly the front office feels differently about Deshaun Watson. Uh, the locker room, I guess we'll, uh, we'll wait and see, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just seeing this tweet now. Most guaranteed money, Deshaun Watson, 230 million. Rogers is at 150. Allen's at 150. Like that's how much this deal blows them out of the water. So, that part was pretty insane. The trade, as it said, I thought was good value on the other end, keeping, you know, their second round picks. You know, this front office has been very good at finding value in, in drafts. So, again, from an on-the-field product standpoint, to me, Deshaun Watson's going to have a lot of success in Cleveland. I think, you know, from that perspective, it's exciting uh, th that, you know, the Browns are, are really in it now uh, with those AFC West teams, with the other teams in their division. Uh, it, it, they have ascended.
I would say, as far as their standing in the AFC and, and the NFL overall. So now I guess it's time to address the other side of this, which is, you know, Deshaun Watson from a character standpoint uh, with, you know, the, the 22 allegations where civil suits are still pending, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I tweeted it out earlier and I, and I will just say this uh, Browns fans, whatever you do, don't convince yourself that 22 women are lying about this. The, you know, first of all, women in general, uh, you know, typically, you know, the, the statistics will say uh, the vast majority of the time are not lying. Uh, yes, they are lying more often when it comes to uh, famous people, you know, uh, people with money, etc. That is true. The statistics go up slightly. Still, the vast, vast, overwhelming majority of women are not lying in these cases. Uh, it is very difficult to prove a guilt in a court of law, but that does not mean one is not guilty. Uh, it does not mean one is uh, not innocent. Uh, they, one does not have to prove innocence in, in a court of law. That's why uh, the grand jury did not indict Deshaun Watson. But I think you know most of us uh, who either know women that have been in this situation before or, or frankly just kind of have some, some common sense looking at the facts of the situation here, understand it is extremely, extremely, extremely unlikely that these 22 women are lying. Uh, there are plenty of people uh, you know, within the Texans organization that I've talked about. It was very strange uh, before they even knew what was going on, that he was going to see all these different masseuses in the Houston area and that they were different. Uh, it was, you know, a lot of eyebrows had been raised there for a long time. So I think it's 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 fair to say uh, at this point that Deshaun Watson is not the upstanding citizen that you would ideally have representing your franchise, uh, at least certainly not for me. Uh, as a fan, I'm still not sure how to feel about it, to be honest. Uh, you know, if you're uh, excited that the Browns are going to be good, but, you know, annoyed that you essentially have a scumbag of a human being at quarterback, I'm... I'm right there with you. And I don't, I don't know what to feel. I've heard everything from, you know, uh, I can support the team, but not the player. Uh, I've heard, Hey, we're all going to die anyway. This is my favorite, you know, thing that brings me joy is rooting for the Browns. I'm not going to let Deshaun Watson ruin that. I've heard some people say, Hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wear Baker Mayfield jerseys to the game. I've heard some people say, you know, let's, We'll bring up posters saying Baker Mayfield could have done this uh, to the Super Bowl parade when Watson wins us the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I've heard some people say, hey, you know, I just I, I prefer to separate football in, in, in the personal stuff and I'll, I'll find a way to get over it. I've heard other people say they'll never root for the team again. I think every single perspective on that front is valid. I really do. Uh, you know, if you choose to never root for the Browns again, I understand if, if you choose to kind of try to separate the two as much as possible. Uh, I understand trying to do that too. Uh, the Browns have been a major part of my life uh, for the entirety of it. I, you know, one of my first memories is watching football games with my dad. That's how I spent every Sunday with my family uh, for years and years and years. And it's still how I spend all of my Sundays, you know, rooting for that team. Uh, it's it, what keeps me close with a lot of friends back home. It keeps me, you know, tied to the city uh, as somebody that doesn't live there anymore. I'm sure many of you out there feel the exact same way and are in a conflicted spot right now. I'm not really sure how I feel yet, to be honest. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys as far as uh, your perspectives on it. But I think for me personally, it's going to be tough to separate the two. It really is. I mean, 
it, Deshaun Watson is not a, a backup guard, right? Like if the Browns win a Super Bowl, it's going to be in large part because of his success on the field, uh, his contributions, uh, and also, you know, he's going to be the the one, you know, facing forward in this stuff, right? Like it's always the quarterback that takes the podium first after the game. It's the quarterback that gets interviewed. It's the quarterback they talk about the most. Like this is not some guy that's going to be in the background. He is going to be extremely prevalent in any success that the Browns have. And that sucks, to be honest. Like it, it, it sucks that it's never, it'll never quite be the same. I'm not saying you know, people won't find a way to enjoy it. And maybe I'll, you know, in that moment, I'll enjoy it a lot too. I, I don't know yet, but it, it will never quite be uh, the same feeling. And, and that sucks because, you know, it's been that thing we've been chasing for so many years as fans of this team, you know, the Browns have not won a Super Bowl. You know, most people don't remember the Browns winning the NFL championships in their lifetime either. So that kind of elusive feeling that we've been you know, uh, suffering so much heartbreak over for years, you know, the day that the Browns hopefully climb that mountaintop in our lifetime uh, would, you know, be one of pure elation. And now there's going to be this thing that hangs over it. And that's, that's just a bummer. There's no other way to phrase it than that just sucks. Uh, So uh, I guess we'll confront those feelings more as, as time goes on. And if the Browns end up in that situation, I mean, certainly no guarantees uh, that they will, as I said, this is an improvement on the field. I expect them to be in contention, but there's still a lot of teams in the AFC that have done great work. The Chargers, the Chiefs, the Bills that all stand in the Browns way and probably would be favored over them uh, at this point. So, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, and I've seen some people comparing it to like, you know, Kareem Hunt. I'm sorry, it's just not the same thing. Uh, it's just not, he's the quarterback, number one. Number two, I think we all saw uh, the context associated with the Kareem Hunt video, not certainly not excusing Kareem Hunt's actions uh, under no circumstances is it acceptable to hit a woman. But at the same time, there is a level of understanding there where, you know, that when you, you're being yelled at, when your family is being yelled at, you know, you can have some sort of empathy or understanding for what's going through somebody's mind, even if it's the wrong decision. Uh, that's not the case with Deshaun Watson. That's just 100 percent not the case. But yeah, uh, that's where I'm at with it. Uh, other than that, I don't really know what else to say uh, right now. I'm sure we'll have, you know, five more months to talk about this. We'll see, you know, about the suspension and, and everything else, how this all unfolds, how the civil suits unfold. Uh, I guess the last thing I would say is this is an interesting move from uh, the Haslam's and from the front office. I think, you know, Front office is uh, one that I've trusted for a long time uh, with football decisions. Uh, I don't really know if, if this falls into the same category as far as the moral aspect of this. I think, again, from a football standpoint, this is another decision that makes sense from the on the field perspective. I don't really get the the decision from a moral standpoint, but I guess they feel comfortable with it or Barry does, or maybe, you know, they just, say, hey, it's not our job to worry about it. The owner's comfortable with it. It is his franchise, and they just leave that in Jimmy Haslam's hands, who, uh, you know, clearly uh, was one of the people pushing this and signed off on that. Uh, you know, he knows that it'll cost him fans. He knows that it'll cost, you know, him probably some business at some point. But I think banking on the fact, I guess, that he can make that up with new fans, with new business opportunities if the team ultimately uh, wins, uh, you know. Not the decision I would make, but he's the owner of the team. Unfortunately, you know, as fans of the team, 
uh, is people who cover the team, we don't have control of what they do. That's always been clear. It's always been frustrating. This is just a, a new level to that because, again, it's not just a, an on the football field decision that you wouldn't make. It's a, ugh, it's a kind of a morally questionable decision that makes you feel gross inside, right? So that's uh, that's that's really all I have to say right now. Uh, you know, I'm recording this Friday afternoon, so you know maybe more thoughts will come to me along the way. Uh, but right now, it's just a weird feeling, to be honest, uh, where. On, uh, you know, the the Browns made a move to put themselves in, in position for a Super Bowl today, and it's not just one of pure excitement. So, oh, I, I don't, I don't know. All right, Browns fans, uh, that's it for this podcast. Uh, hope you guys uh, are, are doing well out there. Uh, again, I'd love to hear from you uh, about your thoughts on the situation, and uh, we'll we'll just see how everything plays out. That's that's all I'm going to say to end this podcast uh, for this one. So. Take care, everybody.